Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. It's 105. Second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. They wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. In this hour, David Staples from the Cult of Hockey, the Edmonton uh, Journal, Edmonton Sun, Post Media Group, and John Shannon, our NHL insider out of Toronto. We are uh, going to go to some text just before we go to David. So to our Ashley Fine Floors text line, I was asking you, uh, greatest goal scorer of all time. Excited Don here says, I truly hate when you compare generational players to each other. My grandfather, who hated Montreal, always said that Gordie Howe was the best player ever. But he did say that the best goal scorer was Maurice Richard. I watched Gretzky play, and he did stuff that was truly magical, and nobody's come close to 50 goals in 39 games. But how tight the checking is today, you can't discount Ovechkin. I hope that clears up everything. Laugh out loud. Well, you provided a lot of great choices. That's what I'd say. You provided a lot of great choices. Another texter says, Bob, what about the Riverton rifle? Reggie Leach. He could snipe. I mean, if you were a kid in the mid-70s when the Flyers uh, played the uh, Canadians in 75-76 Stanley Cup final that year, Leach was unbelievable. Lit the Leafs up a couple times, too. Uh, Haji says, until Gretzky does not own the record for having the most goals in NHL history, he is the greatest goal scorer of all time. If Ovechkin plays until he's 83 and ends up with one more goal than Gretzky, then Ovechkin will be the greatest goal scorer of all time. Error career lengths at all, it's all irrelevant. The only numbers that matter are currently 894. You can text us at 780-496-0063. And uh, lots more coming in. Uh, what about Phil Esposito? Got a ton of goals during a very different style of play than the 1980s and beyond. At this time, we bring aboard from the cult of hockey, David Staples. David, total curveball out of the get-go for you. Great. I mean, this show's called Oilers now. Is it sacrilegious not to say that Wayne Gretzky is the greatest goal scorer of all time? He is, after all, number one. 
I think if you're kind of a like a super picky analytics person, you might make a, a player. You know, you probably do the era adjustment. You know, where you're looking at how hard it is to score goals in certain eras. But for the average sports fan, uh, just looking at it. The only thing that matters is the total number of goals. And it's like when Babe, I, you'll probably remember this too, Bob, you know, when Henry Aaron, Hank Aaron was chasing Babe Ruth. I mean, right. no one was adjusting for the era. It was just like, okay, who's got the most home runs? And I can't even tell you. Like, I know that at the start of Babe Ruth's career, it was almost impossible to hit a home run. And, and then it became commonplace, partly because of him. And, and that's what Gretzky, what happened with Gretzky. He took... He, you know, because he was such a prolific scorer, I think he distorted and changed hockey. He kind of transformed the league into this high-octane attacking game, which was already there somewhat. But j- just to compete with the others, you had to try to score because they were going to outscore you. So these incredible players shaped the era, and Gretzky did that, and he, he's got the most goals, so he's the guy. Uh, JR in Calgary says the greatest goal scorers ever are Brett Hall, Mario Lemieux, and Mike Bossy. Mike Bossy was a heck of a goal scorer. Uh, Mario's, I think Mario's the best one-on-one player that's ever played in the game. Like, he, he could beat you, you know, he, he, like, he was a hugely, a huge man that was unbelievably skilled, and he could beat you one-on-one. I'm not sure he played the read and react game, and I don't mean to disparage him. He might have only been the second best player ever in the read and react game next to Wayne, but Wayne... I mean, the fact that Wayne Gretzky's got more assists than anybody else has got points, David, and we're talking about whether or not Gretzky was the greatest goal scorer, I think that just, you know, reinforces the greatness that Wayne had. Hey, hey Bob, what about Joe Malone? 20 games, 44 goals. I, David, I'd, li- <laughs> I'd like to, I'd like to see, say that I've seen him play. Now, I know today <laughs> is today not like your 114th birthday? It is, and I remember Joe well, uh, and he was quite the goal scorer, obviously. Yeah. He had zero assists, though, that year. They, but they didn't give away cheesy second assists back in those days, they let me tell you. They didn't give away any assists. No, they did not. Either you scored or, yeah, so it's kind of like how it worked. Uh, happy birthday, by the way. Thank you, Bob. Uh, and you've, you'd be surprised how many people have reached out to say happy birthday to you. So, uh, oh, that's, that's nice. To Ro- Robin and Cam, thank you very much for uh, making sure that I uh, gave David a plug. Does this mean people go easier on you today with your, uh, uh, your, your, your political stream that you have on a separate Twitter account? I seem to be uh, not getting much fire today. I think it's because everyone's hair on fire because of the U.S. election. So no one's paying any attention to me today, which is a, it's a nice respite. All right. Uh, your views are your views. You're allowed to have your views out there, uh, despite what various far-left or far-right individuals might tell you. But I want a view from you on, uh, I don't know how much you watched of CNN last night and John King, but man, was he good. He was on fire, that guy. Uh, did you see much of it? You know, honestly, Bob, I just I didn't want to watch it because uh, I didn't want to watch any of it because I thought this is going to be super close and it's going to last. The, the, the debate and the fight's going to last for for three weeks. So I'm not I'm not going to invest my whole life in following it last night or for the next few weeks. Whatever happens, happens, and I hope they sort it out. As my position on it. I mean, I know that for Alberta, it would be good if the KXL pipeline gets built, and yes. Trump is more likely to build that than Biden. But with a, if there's a Republic, Republican uh, Senate majority, um, that might help KXL. So, you know, that it, from a partisan Albertan point of view, like home team Alberta, I do have that bias. I want to see that pipeline get built, but that's about the extent of it. All right. Well, and, and the team is called the Oilers, David, so uh, we keep that in mind. And I know both, in me, uh, both you and me have a tremendous appreciation for Albertans as well. Uh, now, 
Uh, one of the things that's going to happen here at the National Hockey League when they get fired up is COVID's a factor. I mean, it's not going away, and we got good just just very quickly, uh, potentially good and bad news that could impact the NHL. So educate us on that. The good news is this pilot project that's being run in Alberta. First of all, I mean, we've done a you know, we haven't been perfect with COVID response, but we've done some good some things very well. You know, we led the way in having the most uh, personal protective equipment, and now we're leading the way in terms of this airport pilot and at the Coots border crossing in southern Alberta. So instead of having to go in the mandatory 14-day quarantine when you're a returning traveler you have to get tested at the airport and they expedite your test so you find out within 24 or 48 hours and then you're free to go around you have to follow various health regulations and be cautious and then you get tested again after six days but instead of having to go into the 14 days you're just in for two days quarantine and that just transforms travel for a lot of people and could, i mean you recall, Bob, people coming in, the reporters covering it, the players coming in, they had to work out COVID regulations. The Abs- reporters it's coming a in had huge, 14 days. It's a huge potential factor for training camp for the Edmonton yeah. Oilers. So, yeah. And we'd be, yeah, and obviously there's been, you know, a, a spike in the numbers across the country, not just in Alberta. Alberta's testing a ton, and we're having some tough days here, and tougher than we've had at any stretch so far, David. Bob, it was. I heard you yesterday saying that you have spreadsheets at home on the COVID numbers. You and I together. I, I've had sp- my own spreadsheets as well. We're the probably. I wonder how many other people at Edmonton have their own spreadsheets tracking these numbers. But things are getting pretty dire. And you know, I'm looking for that. Um, you know, Hinshaw's talked about if the hospital system's overwhelmed and if you have 5% yeah. a day for two weeks in a row, every day for two weeks in a row, you're in trouble. And we're getting close to that 5% a day for two weeks in a row. And we've been close uh, off and on for the last two months to, to meeting that high increase in, in uh, hospitalization. So obviously we all got to follow the rules, really, really follow the rules and, and uh, take them seriously. And that's, it- that's what I try to do. And relatively speaking, uh, ICU rates are on the rise, but they're still nowhere near the amount that was set aside. So that's a, the, the numbers are troubling, though. I, I think that's fair to say. All right. Speaking of the numbers, and I know Mark and me got into a pretty uh, Mark Spector, whose appearances are brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta, on the small, skilled sort of attackers that the Oilers have brought in here. And Dominic Cahoon signing. And again, I kind of thought that ship had sailed when the Oilers signed Tyler Ennis, but uh, I, I I have a feeling that Cahoon basically chose Edmonton for a uh, destination and was prepared to eat a bit on the money side because I know for a fact he got offered more than the 975k he got here. Give me your take on Dominic uh, Cahoon and maybe uh, what a comparable might be uh, for him. First, I want to, like I, your your conversation was with, with Spec was radio gold, and, but I, w- I have to say Spec kind of moved the goalposts because he's saying like, well, the Oilers might not do well in the playoffs, but they're for sure going to make the playoffs. I mean, any other year, if the GM had built a team where everyone's kind of thinking, yeah, for sure we're going to make the playoffs, that is a huge success for Ken Holland and the Oilers. Just the fact that we're at that point where we're talking about this team is a really strong team now and should easily make the playoffs. So we'll see what happens when we get to the playoffs. As for Cahoon, Bob, like there's a number, um, you know, maybe 50, 60 small, skilled forwards in the NHL right now. And he's not in the very top group with players like Artemi Panarin, Nikita Kucherov, Pat Kane, David Pasternak. And I don't think he's in the second, kind of the second group might have Nikolai Ehlers, Sebastian Ajo, uh, Tivo Taravainen. But when you look at, at points per game at even strength, which is a real indicator 
of offensive talent. He's in the next group. He's right in a group of players with, you know, Matthew Barzell, um, uh, William Nylander, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He scores at the same point per game rate than than they do at even strength the last two years. And that's amazing that the Oilers were able to get this this player. I mean, he. I, I just don't, still don't get why Buffalo didn't qualify him. I know they were worried about paying him two point nine million, but at that level of scoring, Bob, a player is worth that amount of money. Um, I know he got but, banged up okay. a couple times last year, but I think yeah. they should have qualified him. All right, I might have a theory as to why. Who did he play with in Chicago, and who did he play with in Pittsburgh? We know, Malkin. yes. Right, he played with Malkin. We had uh, Mike Rupp on yesterday. He said he took off with Malkin, and we know for a fact he spent a lot of time playing with Kane and Taze in Chicago. So he's played with really good players. He goes to Buffalo. They only get him for six games. I'm not sure if he ended up playing with Eichel or not, because he if did. he's not all right, if he's not playing with Eichel, he's got no chance to be successful in Buffalo because they didn't have a second or third line center last year. Like they thought, Middlestat was going to be their second line center at the start of the year. Don't forget, they traded away a pretty good guy to St. Louis a couple of years ago. So. They played him uh, with Johansson, who was who's actually a pretty good player. He was the center. I don't know if he is a center. Like uh, I didn't think yeah, he was a center. Yeah, he's kind of yeah, yeah. So there you go. So who do you compare him to? Like, hey, did you not bring up an old school comparison on Twitter, David? <laughs> Andre Lacroix. Do you remember Andre Lacroix from the of course, WHA? Of course I do. Former. Yeah. He was in San Diego, right? <laughs> Cahoon's very similar. He's so tricky with the puck. And he, like, for a, a newer school comparison, Jordan, he really reminded me a lot of Jordan Everly. And this is a smaller player uh, who's got a good shot but not a great shot, but is super tricky and elusive with the puck and can really make a great pass. So, um, and, and might be a little weak on defense. But the thing to note is uh, Cahoon's at even strength scoring is way better the last two years than Eberle's. So um, you can make, I, I make quite a bit of that. Others, not so much. But uh, hmm. yeah, I, I, Eberle is a good comparison. That's who he really reminded me of. Well, Jordan played in the playoffs this year with Matthew Barzell. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I, I, off the top of my head, I thought Honors Lee was the left line, left wing on that line. So uh, who? speaking of lines, who should, if you were Coach for a day, uh, Dave Staples, called to hockey, joining us right now. Birthday boy, he's uh, 100, 114 years of age. Uh, paraphrasing uh, Joe Malone's stats, uh, what line would you like to see Dominic Cahoon play on? If it was up to me, Bob, I would. St- I'd like to see him uh, on the McDavid line because it, it's been the hardest thing in the world uh, to find line mates who really click with McDavid. I mean, um, Maroon and uh, Drysaddle did the one year, but other than that, it's been a bit of a challenge. And Drysaddle and McDavid kind of fell apart last year. So he McDavid is is a difficult player to mesh with because he absolutely dominates the puck, and he and you want him to. It's not like you, you think, hey, pass it more. No, carry it more. So you need players who have a high IQ, who don't need to carry the puck, and can really pass the puck. Uh, well, and it would be also if, if the player is a great finisher, that would also be good. But Cahoon has most of those attributes. He he doesn't need the puck, and he moves it very quickly. In fact, it's his real strength. He gets the puck. He can be in an awkward position or in a puck battle, and he's able to make that quick move and make a great pass. So he could hit McDavid constantly with passes where where McDavid needs him, and he's smart enough, got a high hockey IQ, to find space where McDavid will get him back with a pass where he can shoot. So I just think this could really work 
uh, for Connor McDavid. And and I also, as listeners of the show will know by now, that I'm really partial partial to keeping Nugent Hopkins, Yamamoto, and Drysaddle together. It was the best line in the NHL when they were together. You don't break up that kind of magic, I don't believe, unless you have an absolutely compelling reason. So Cahoon will take that away. He can play with McDavid, and maybe it's going to be Cassian on the other side uh, to start. And mm. I'd like to see that line. It's interesting, right? Because come playoff time, you got to be able to score off of short cycles. You're not going to get the same opportunities off the transition, off the rush. you got to be able to score where you have ozone possession and you can make plays in tight. And the one thing that Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto really did well with dry settle, their read and react game was off the charts. And they can, they can score off short cycles. So valid point. Um, I will be interested to see how Dominic does. Um because obviously having Leon Dreisaitl uh, there in terms of supporting, you know, uh, you to be signed by the Oilers organization did not hurt. Now, I know you referenced when you did a recap on Sunday night slash Monday morning, you referenced the tweet that I put out last year about Detroit, uh, my concerns with that game. It is a night and day difference when you, you take a look at the Oilers forwards uh, as we would head into the 2021 season than we were at the start of last season, isn't it, David? Well, as I recall, Bob, you were pretty alarmed, uh, uh, you know, just the slowness of that lineup. Like, yep. they, they put out against Detroit, they had a lot of guys who, <laughs> who were super slow, and they've and gradually they have eliminated them. And this, I, and again, I think like Spec, I think he makes a good criticism of the Oilers. Maybe they, maybe they're not right for the playoffs right now. But man, are they ever better than they were last year? And have they ever improved? Uh, you know, they've got a third scoring line now. When have, when did they last have that? Like 1990. So um, this is a vastly improved team, and and uh, you know I think you were called, asking for Yamamoto to be called up then, and and uh, you know he's obviously one of the huge factors. But now we have Cahoon, Ennis, uh, Puliyarvi's coming back, Turris. So Turris is a fantastic offensive group of players, and I can't wait to see him play. All right, uh, what have you seen? I know you've been watching some of the stuff over in Europe. Yes, the Puliyarvi's gone quiet the last couple games. Uh, Carpat got shut down for a couple of weeks, uh, obviously. We automatically start thinking of COVID situations and Dmitry Samarukov, those two players in particular. Yeah, I've been watching their their uh, their games, all their shifts. I, I haven't seen Pugliarvi's recent games, and you know they were off for two weeks because of COVID uh, quarantine, and and that's going to affect the team. But what I saw, you probably remember, like, of course you remember, like Pugliarvi's last year in Edmonton, he was like prey on the ice. He was he was falling down all the time. He lacked confidence. He didn't seem to know what he was doing. He was getting in everybody's way. He wasn't playing very well. But he's gone from being like prey to predator he's absolutely uh, absolutely predatory and it's kind of weird to see Pugliarvi I haven't seen him like this in so long since he was a junior hockey player just this kind of menacing attacker on the ice you know just the dominant guy after I heard Dave Tippett's interview on your show where, where Tippett was raving about him and talking about how he's a dominant player I couldn't wait to see these games and of course the coach is absolutely right he's just he he he's making great reads he runs the power play off the left half wall where he and, and he shoots some of the time but he fakes shots he makes great passes he's just a, a dominant winger in that league right now and it's great to see yeah. um as for samarukov his big problem it, uh, has always been consistency and kind of his reads of the game he tries to do too much and he can get caught out of position and what we see in the khl this year uh, where he's one of the uh, in, he's in the top four D on his team on one of the best teams in the uh, KHL Seska is a player Bob he's absolutely calmed down 
He's playing a really uh, keep it simple, stupid game where he gets the puck, moves the puck, gets the puck, moves the puck. Player comes in on him, takes him out. And it's just it's a it's a simple, honest, hardworking game, and the coach absolutely loves him because he's trusting this 21 year old. He's a rookie in the KHL with all this ice time, including an overtime. Uh, Sam Rukov got out there in one of the games I saw. So um, it's a really significant development for the Oilers because you just never know where a player is going to go in his uh, first or second pro years. His first year was okay, but he he seems to be taking off in the KHL right now. All right, uh, David, I'll pass along at this time. Carpat won today 4-3 in overtime. Yes, Apoliarvi scored the overtime winning goal. That's his sixth in nine games. He'd been held off the scoreboard for a couple games. He is currently centered by former Sherwood Park Crusader Cody Kunick. Kunick had a goal and four assists, so he was in on all four goals today. Uh, Kunick's leading that team in scoring, and this is his first year in Carpat. And, yes, he is centering, yes, Apoliarvi. So there's an update for you. Dave, great stuff, man. Happy birthday. How do people follow you on Twitter? They can follow me, uh, my Cult of Hockey stuff, at D Staples. Super. That is David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. We hook up with him every Wednesday here on Oilers Now. We're going to step out for one minute's time. It's 124 in Edmonton. Hi, this is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Welcome back, everybody. 126 in Edmonton. Our NHL insider, John Shannon, coming up at 135. Cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Uncle Milt was telling me at Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin, they are in need of some trades. They're down to 10 to 12 units. And not only will a Ford Motor Company give you a trade-in bonus of up to 2500 for your 2016 model or older, but Brent Ridge will also pay top dollar for any trade just to restock the shelves. They are also very strict and following all of the AHS guidelines. So you are safe when you visit Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin, your Ford truck authority on the auto mile. Again, you can text us at any time at 780-496-0063. And uh, you know what happened? I Wait a sec here. Let's see if I can circle back to that for a second. Uh, we were asking for the top goal scorers. Uh, uh, in uh, <laughs> uh, in NHL history, We've got a lot of different perspectives out there. This text comes in, say, Bob, you almost made it to the NHL, or at least your name almost did. Ha ha, Rob Stauber. Well, I remember Rob Stauber and a goaltender for the LA Kings, and he sent me the texter was kind enough to send me a uh, a hockey card of Rob Stauber. Yes, I remember him. Uh, and Rob had this B talent, agility, quickness, athleticism as a goaltender to have played in the NHL. Um, there was no chance I was ever going to be a goalie because that would have required me to be in my defensive zone, and I wasn't big on playing in that end of the ice. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day? Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Hey, uh, Mr. Escott. What's up? What, 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 this one came in out of Toronto. Greatest goal scorer ever, Austin Matthews, signed center of the universe from G. In fairness, G, and I know you're having a little bit of fun, I do think one day Austin Matthews will lead the NHL in goal scoring. He can really shoot the puck. How close to the NHL did you make it? <laughs> and what position did you play, Brendan? I, I'm just have I'm just having fun with you. Yeah, you know what? I uh, bantam double A, I guess back in the day was as far as I made it down the line. Um, I was a defenseman though. I like knocking guys on the rear end. 
Really? Because I don't get that sense from your personality, you know? Like Ulrich, I could see him being a type of guy, you know, boy from the north side of Edmonton. Uh, he's related to Shane Bogdan, who was a, a tough guy once. Who, uh, What I'm saying, Brendan, is, is, is you're a really nice fellow. You know what I mean? And uh, Until I strap the skates and gloves oh, okay. on. Mom. Okay, okay. You're not dealing with the same person when I'm out on the ice. Uh, well, you're one of those guys, eh? See, I, I was... turn it on. I was a very meek, uh, mild, gentle individual on the ice and never once took the opportunity to run a guy like Speck just for the heck of it. Would never do something like that. Oh, no, no, no. Not at all. Uh, keep texting us and having some fun. And I wasn't close, for the record. Rob Stauber, give him credit, made it as a goaltender. 780-496-0063, Ashley Feinflores, text line. Uh, coming up next, we will have John Shannon, but not before a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.